When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. The following is a presentation of Learfield. Welcome to Duck Insider. Our whole athletic department, there's a level of expectations of success. Touchdown, Oregon. He can run and slam. He's back out for a three. Left wing is good. In the air to center, back at the wall. It's out of here. Really excited that we get to rep our ducks and hopefully come back to Eugene with some championships. Indoor track and field national champion. Oregon repeats as the Pac-12 champion. And for the fourth time in the last six years, the ducks are Pac-12 champions. We have so many teams that are excelling right now, and it's really fun to be a part of. This is Duck Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. Live from the Country Financial Studio, here's Joey Mack. Thank you. It is a busy day of Oregon events, a busy day of Oregon news, and a whole lot of preview coming your way from Mario Cristobal before the Ducks take on the Dogs this weekend in Seattle. I'm Joey Mack. Thanks for being with us. Graham Abel, Oregon soccer head coach, is going to join us because they've also got a rivalry matchup this week against the Beavers. Final regular season game for Oregon soccer, and it comes at you Friday at 7 o'clock. We're going to talk about that. Recap the rest of the weekend for Oregon athletics, including that big victory over Colorado as Oregon was dominant, holding steady at number seven in all of the polls today and some other news and notes around Oregon athletics. We begin uh, with the big news. We have a kickoff time for you. Washington, 4.30. I love it. 4.30 on ABC. The Ducks will face Washington. That means a 2.30 pregame show for us across the Oregon Sports Network. Now, for a lot of fans, the not-as-fun news, though. And Scott Phillips is already sighing in my ear. I can just hear it. From across the room, Washington State uh, kickoff time has been set in two weeks uh, for the Ducks against the Cougs on ESPN at 7.30. So Oregon against Washington, 4.30 on ABC this weekend. Next weekend, Washington State and the Ducks will meet at 7.30 on ESPN. Tell you what, selfishly, I ain't complaining because Oregon men's basketball plays SMU at 8 o'clock on Friday. So you get to go to that, to Matthew Knight Arena, sleep in a little bit, and then you got Oregon basketball against the Cougs. Uh, The Ducks uh, actually are going to put together and have put together an awesome ticket package for those of you who are going to be in town for football because the Ducks for Oregon Volleyball will play USC at 4 o'clock on that Friday. Then men's basketball plays at 8. Washington State in town to take on Oregon football at 7.30. And then we also have volleyball at noon on Sunday and women's basketball against Dixie State at 5 o'clock on Sunday. There's a ticket package you can find out more about on GoDucks.com. Less than 100 bucks to go to all five of those events. If you're already in town, 
great opportunity to see some great duck action here coming up next week. Uh, Devin asking, any idea what time the Utah game will be? Yeah, I don't know yet. I wish I did. Uh, that is one thing. And fans, I, I will say just like putting on my fan hat for a second, which let's all be real, I'm, I'm basically just a paid fan. You know, that's kind of what I am. I do wish that we had kickoff times further in advance. I understand why it happens. You know, you, you want the best games in the primetime spots on the best networks. Totally get that from a TV perspective. And if I was a TV executive, I'd be saying the same thing. But as an Oregon fan, I would like to be able to plan a little bit more and, and further in advance. So I get it, Devin. I'm right there with you when we have that kickoff time. Uh, that'll, of course, be the, the big news, and we'll start the show with that, just like we did telling you Washington, 4.30 on ABC for the Ducks this weekend, and Washington State set for 7.30 on ESPN in a couple weeks when the Ducks make their return to Watson Stadium. Uh, Tobias and Joey, I'm buying the mini plan for men's basketball. Which four games do I attend? I can't choose. Oh, man. That's a good question. Tobiah, Tobiah, you're going to have to confirm with me. So does the mini game, does the mini plan allow you to pick any four games? Is it just conference games? It depends on your mini plan of your choice. But I will tell you that the matchup with Baylor, anytime you get the defending national champions in town, that's happening in December. I'd go to that game. I would go to that game. Uh, Oregon men's basketball, it's just around the corner. Eight days from now, the Ducks with a 4 o'clock tip-off scheduled against uh, Texas Southern. The Tigers, by the way. Broadcast board has begun. Doing a little men's basketball homework uh, today. I would tell you to, to, to go to that Baylor game, though. That's going to be a really, really fun one. Noah Sewell, Oregon linebacker, one of 16 semifinalists for the 2021 Butkus Award. The Butkus Foundation announced that today. Been presented to the nation's best linebacker since 1985. And, uh, well, Noah Sewell is certainly in the conversation for best linebacker. 57 of his 69 tackles have come in the last six games. He's been really, really good. Two-time Pac-12 Freshman of the Week. Ranks fourth in the Pac-12 with 69 total tackles. Tied for the team lead in tackles five times. Uh, Noah Sewell also second on the team in both sacks with three and tackles for loss with six and a half. And wasn't done there. As for the Ducks, defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau has been selected as a semifinalist for the 2021 Chuck Bednarik Award, which honors the most outstanding defensive player in college football. Thibodeau, one of 18 semifinalists for that award and one of two from the Pac-12. Three finalists for the Bednarik Award will be announced on November 23rd, and then it will be given out during that big college football awards show on December 9th. Uh, Thibodeau, even though he has only now played in two complete football games, two He's tied for fourth in the Pac-12 with seven and a half tackles for loss and tied for fifth with four sacks. He is the fourth highest graded pass rusher nationally among edge defenders, according to Pro Football Focus, with a 92 rating. He has 27 total quarterback pressures, and I say all this again, this is only in two full games for Kayvon Thibodeau. Pretty amazing. 31 tackles for loss since the start of 2019. That is the most among all active Power 5 players for Kayvon Thibodeau. 31 tackles for loss since the start of that 2019 season. One of only two FBS players this season with at least four tackles for loss, two sacks, and a forced fumble in a game. He's the first Oregon player since 2007. It was Nick Reed to record at least nine tackles, four tackles for loss, and two sacks in a game. I could go on and on with that scroll that you could read for Kayvon Thibodeau's achievements this year. He has been really, really good. Both he and Noah Sewell named final, semifinalists, I should say, and probably will be finalists for some pretty big-time awards. All right, let's go back and look at this Colorado game. We're going to hear from Mario Cristobal, the Oregon football head coach, in just a moment. Uh, the Ducks got out to a 21 nothing lead. Talked about how they needed to start fast, needed to stop the run. Man, the Ducks did that. Uh, Byron Cardwell scored his first career, first career touchdown to put the Ducks up by two scores. Anthony Brown found Troy Franklin on one of the better catches that you're going to see to put the Ducks up by three scores. Now Colorado got things going a little bit with some chunk plays, particularly when Steve Stevens went down. And we do have some injury updates for you. Bear with us. Uh, looks like it's mostly good news for the Ducks, which Mario Cristobal will talk about. And again, the Oregon offensive line had to rotate. Talking about injuries, Alex Forsythe wasn't able to give it a go. Rotated around, rotated around. T.J. Bass playing left tackle. George Moore inside. Ducks are all over the place on the offensive line. Ryan Watt continuing to fill in at center, and the Ducks really, I thought, ran the ball well. Travis Dye was solid. Byron Cardwell, just those chunk plays, uh, absolutely outstanding performance uh, for Cardwell. To the tune of seven carries for 127 yards and a touchdown. That's an 18.1 yard per carry average. Not too bad, huh? Travis Dye, two more touchdowns for him. And Anthony Brown, really, really good. 25 
for 31, 307 yards, three touchdowns, 81% completion. Now, things maybe got a little bit closer than the Ducks would have liked uh, as they put Ty Thompson in, had to reinsert some of those number one guys, including Anthony Brown. Ty Thompson threw an interception there. And you'll hear Joe Moorhead talking about that this week. Uh, That's a learning moment. Uh, Best competition that Ty Thompson's been in a game playing, at least except in like a spring game or an Oregon practice, in a game situation, and he's going to learn from that moment. One thing of note, too, uh, Johnny Johnson III called for targeting on that one kickoff return, so he's out for the first half against Washington. Guys like Micah Pittman, Chris Hudson, Dante Thornton, they're going to have to be among those that will need to step up against Washington. And ultimately, the Ducks, though, when you score 31 points in the first half, you're doing something right. Now, if Travis Dye runs out of bounds there, I think that's a play that he'd probably like back. Maybe Oregon's able to get six instead of three there at the end of the half. But the Ducks scored every time they had the ball in the first half. And actually, the Ducks ended up scoring as the game continued and injuries continued to plague the Ducks. More on that in a second. Oregon actually scored on every single possession that Anthony Brown was in at quarterback for. I mean, that's efficiency. I don't care who you're playing. That's efficiency. And especially after the Ducks had a couple moments where touchdowns were taken away because Devin Williams got called for holding, negated an awesome touchdown run by Anthony Brown. The next play, Anthony Brown finds Devin Williams in the back of the end zone. At the time, put the Ducks up 45-14. to I'll tell you what, uh, Devin Williams has emerged as the go-to guy, hasn't he? We'll get to him in a second. Next Colorado drive, I want us to stick on this injury point. Damon David got a little bit dinged up. Then Verone McKinley got a little bit dinged up. And next thing you know, Lucas Nolan has to step in, who took scout team reps last week, as Tim DeRuder mentioned today, the Oregon defensive coordinator. And another fourth down conversion at that time uh, made it 45-21 to for Colorado. That was when Ty Thompson came in through that interception. Colorado got it back, ultimately scored. It was 45-29, and then the Ducks just recovered the onside kick and ran away with it. But that... That conversion for Colorado, that was one of two moments where the Ducks actually had a touchdown get erased by a penalty. Because after the Ducks recovered that onside kick, Anthony Brown got it back, drove and scored on a really nice fake, and then passed to DJ Johnson. On one of the wilder reviews I've ever seen where it was confirmed that it was touched at the line of scrimmage, but it wasn't touched at the line of scrimmage, and we had to go back and forth and back and forth, and well... Jerry Allen's call of the moment was pretty perfect because after all that happened, he just laughed. It was negated after that wild review process uh, with an ineligible receiver downfield, but uh, Seven McGee ended up scoring his first touchdown anyway. It was 52-29, to and that's where it stood. Anthony Brown in the last two weeks has been absolutely awesome. You're going to hear the highlights in a second. 77.1% completion for Anthony Brown, 603 yards. The completion percentage has gone up like a rocket for Anthony Brown the last few weeks. I think that his development, it's cool to see. It was also awesome to have guys like Marcus Mariota, Hronis Grasu, Jake Reed, uh, Steven Nagosik. A lot more back for homecoming. Of course, Satu Sabali, Sabrina Unescu, Haley Cruz, Janie Reed were back as well, just to name a few. It was homecoming. i got to say it was great to see all of those. Oh, really, that Oregon royalty on the sideline. Some more notes in a second. First, here's how it sounded with Jerry Allen and Mike Jorgensen on the call as the Ducks took down Colorado 52-29. to yeah. Here comes the Harley, and here come the Ducks. And to throw. Swing pass out to die to the right. Cut it up. Going to get there. Yes. Touchdown. Travis Dye. And it off the card. Well, busted up the middle. He may be gone. Maybe. Oh, ain't no maybe about it. Touchdown, Oregon. Pirate Cardwell. Room right. Two receivers each way. Back to throw Brown. Little pressure. Hit. But throws. And it is caught for the touchdown. First of all, what a throw, and then what a catch by Troy Franklin. To the left, give it to Die. Powers into the end zone without being touched. And a snap back to throw. Here's the screen set up to Die. Good 140. Downfield 50. Speed and outside and out of bounds. And the snap and give it to him. He'll go right. Cardwell's got a lot of room. 20, 15, 10, 5 yard line and down. This could be the option. Pitch it to Die going right. He'll scroll in. Die carries it in for a second touchdown. In the left side of the field. Back to throw Brown. Three-man rush has a lot of time. Going in zone. Touchdown. How about 
one away from me, I'll give you one. Baby, Stamp, give it to McGee, hit at the goal line. I don't know. He got there. They say he got there. Touchdown seven, McGee. His first rushing touchdown. Shout was also absolutely outstanding uh, this week. Travis Dye was leading the way, uh, channeling his inner Troy Dye. Ducks scored 50-plus points for the first time uh, in a couple years, actually, since they beat USC in 2019. And the defense held Colorado to just 22 yards of total offense in the first quarter. That was the fast start that the Ducks wanted. And talking a little bit about Devin Williams, uh, man, 14 catches for 242 yards and a touchdown over the last three games. I think Devin Williams has become the the go-to guy if uh, there is such a thing. And Anthony Brown... Those 38 rushing yards also, uh, 345 yards of total offense in addition to those passing numbers of over 300 yards. Matched his season high with three passing touchdowns and a ridiculous 80.6 completion percentage. A new career best and the first Oregon quarterback to complete at least 80% of his passes since a guy named Justin Herbert did it a couple years ago. Anthony Brown, uh, I think, has taken a big step forward. Young running backs were certainly great. Devin Williams was great. Anthony Brown has been great the last few weeks. And now we turn the page toward Washington, a 4.30 kickoff in Seattle on ABC, 10.30 pregame show for us on the Oregon Sports Network. When we come back, let's hear from the head man himself, Mario Cristobal, some injury updates after this on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. After two years of construction, my wife and I finally moved into our dream home. So when a bathtub fixture broke, causing major water damage, I was glad we had the home insurance protection we needed. How do you know your home is protected? Talk to a country financial rep like me, Nick Simon. We can help you understand your options and select coverages to meet your needs. Then if something happens to your home, you won't have any surprises. Need the right coverage for your home but not sure where to start? Visit TakeSimpleSteps.com or contact a local country representative. From the weight room to the classroom, on the field and off it, On Point proudly supports University of Oregon Athletics because student-athletes do so much more than bring us pride on game day. They bring our entire community together in Eugene and all across Oregon. So whether you're watching the game in the stadium, at home, or at your favorite local business, their success makes all of us stronger. On Point Community Credit Union. Join in. OnPointCU.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. Don't go anywhere. Duck Insider continues after these messages on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. From Learfield. It's 4 a.m. Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Back in the Country Financial Studio, it's Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. I'm Joey Mack. Let's hear from Mario Cristobal, starting with some injury updates and some other thoughts as the Ducks get ready to take on the Huskies at 4.30 on Saturday. Mario Cristobal brought to you by the Women Valley Cancer Institute and Research Center. Fight like a duck with cancer care you can count on. Here's the coach. Good afternoon, everybody. Appreciate you being here. Really proud of our guys. Um, improving in several areas and still having several areas to work on to get better. Appreciative of the fans that came out. Homecoming. Good to see a lot of alumni there, all different sports, all different, you know, fields of, uh, you know, out there uh, in the world, in the working world, coming back and supporting our guys and being around. So, um, and then looking forward to a great challenge and a great opportunity this week as we travel to Seattle to play Washington. Mario, I just wanted to update on Steve Stevens, Damon David, Jordan Happel, and Dante Manning. Manning is good. Uh, you didn't ask about foresight, but foresight is good. Practice yesterday, full go. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson is still day-to-day. Jordan Happel is full go. 
Steve Stevens is being reevaluated today. He's got a chance. You know, you saw he hyperextended on film, but looks like he has a chance. And Damon David is also good to go. Coach, you kind of alluded to this in your opening, but, you know, the team played pretty well against Colorado, but there's a lot left available uh, that they can get better at. What are the areas that you kind of identified you'd like to, to focus on and, and improve over the next few weeks here? I think the kicking game, you know, we saw we had some coverage issues right there. I mean, they have a really good player. Brendan Rice is a, is a great returner, a great receiver as well. Um, and he certainly, uh, he made some really good plays. And, and it's about discipline. It's about physicality at the point of attack. Some things that we really had excelled in earlier in the season did not show up. Ball placement's also part of that. Um, you know, some of the things on um, the second quarter on defense, we'd like to improve as well. Limit explosive plays, uh, communication, making sure that, whether you're on the second team or third team, when you're in there, your level of preparation needs to show up. So we got to do a better job as coaches preparing everybody across the board to play better. Um, you know, the thing, first down offense was really good. Third down had improved. Um, I mean, there's a lot, and I could go on and on about all the things we need to improve upon. But, you know, the, the list that we have put together is uh, a priority list, and those are things we attack right away the moment we get in the building yesterday on Sunday, the day after the game, and it carries over till today and the rest of the week. Hey, Coach, uh, just uh, you're obviously entering a rivalry game. Just talk about uh, just what are you telling your players this week as you know, in preparing for Washington, especially considering they didn't play this opponent a year ago? Well, I think the intensity of rivalry games take care of themselves. The important part is making sure that, uh, that we're investing in our preparation, practice, uh, the way that we do everything, right? We have a one and approach and a mentality for everything we do. And uh, our plan is to stay the course and just improve our one and every single week, our one and processes, I should say, every single week. That's what uh, that's what works for us. And that's what we're focused on. Yeah, Brian Cardwell had a really good game and feels like his reps the last couple of weeks have really gone up. Just your thoughts on just his improvement and just where you feel like he was really good uh, on his runs last week against Colorado? Well, it's the stuff that had been showing up in practice, showed up in the game, really patient. He understands how to set up his runs, how to read his blocks. He understands the intent of the play, what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it, why we're doing it that way. Um, he understands two-man, three-man, four-man surface, um, backside, frontside, gap schemes, zone schemes. He gets it. He really does. And then he also improved a ton. And his understanding of protections, his understanding of his responsibilities in the passing game, um, and the moment was not too big for him. Ball security was was fairly good. We always work on that. It needs to get better all the time. Um, and he ran with physicality. You know, there was contact plus two or three yards, and uh, it was difficult for the first guy to get him down. So really positive day for him, big, uh, big future for him here at Oregon. We've talked to Coach a lot about just the offensive line and how well it's played the last couple of weeks. I wanted to ask you specifically about TJ Bass making the move to left tackle. I know that's not an easy position to play, but I don't want to say he's, he's made it look easy to us at least. What, what's kind of gone into that and, and kind of what progress have you seen there and, and how has that maybe freed you up to rotate other players around comfortably with, with him occupying that spot so well? Yeah, you know, we you know the offensive line here, you know, we, we like to, you know, think we, we do some really unique things to develop our guys and we – we also look for matchups and we look for combinations. You know, we don't disclose which is what or why we do certain things like that. But, you know, you really want to find like what the chemistry, the synergy of your offensive line, how it works best when you're running a particular scheme. And TJ has been outstanding all year long. You know, I credit Stephen Jones, who has really bounced around from position to position and has excelled at a really high level. One of our best players this last game, you know, George Dawson, uh, Ryan Walk has jumped all over Salah. You know, you know, Salah had to attend to, you know, a family issue on Tuesday and, and wasn't able to be here for practice and was back immediately um, and just took care of business and played a really good football game. So credit to a guy like him was able to handle, you know, um, everything he needed to to be successful in this game. So, again, Coach Mirabal, he's the best in the country at doing that. Um, we're not even anywhere close to being where we want to be or need to be, um, which is good, and our players acknowledge that. So we just got to get back to work. We just got to get better. You have one of the best conversion rates on a third down in the FBS, but you will be facing the best third defense you've faced all season. How big uh, of a difference of a barometer game will this be and what would you say are the main challenges they pose? Well, they got great. Uh, they got great players. They have a great scheme. They play hard, very physical, tough. They cover really well. They put pressure 
on the quarterback. They collapse a pocket from the inside. You know, their edges are really explosive and powerful. So they present a lot of challenges and they get you in difficult third down situations. You know, your success rate in three to five is a lot better than it is in seven to 10. And typically a lot of times they have opponents in seven and 10 plus. So credit to them uh, for just playing really, really good defense, particularly third down defense. Uh, and we're looking forward to the opportunity. Mario, when CJ went down, you'd said that it was really Travis's time. It had been his time before, but this was really his his opportunity. In October, he averages over 21 touches a game and 136 yards. Is one of only two players in the FBS to have the the breakdown of receiving and rushing that he did in the month. Can you speak to just how he's actually delivered for you in in this past month and? In terms of the receiving component of things beyond his skill set, do you think that that actually helps take away some of the just the volume of hits that he would be taking ordinarily if those were all carries? He is uh, as valuable of a player as there is in the entire country for us. Guy's the heart and soul of our team, tremendous leader. And, you know, those are big numbers, and you can expect probably more because he's capable, he's ready, he's eager for it. And our team, for our team to get better, guys like him um, will continue and have to continue playing at a high level. Uh, but he prepares for it. I mean, his his pride and preparation, uh, his ownership, and the way he gets ready for each and every week, how he takes care of his body, how he prepares his mind, how he is always affecting in a positive way his teammates and their preparation as well. All that stuff comes into play in a big-time way particularly here uh, as we enter, you know, another challenging opportunity for us this Saturday. We don't talk about him very much, but Trevin May has been getting like 20 snaps a game, grading out pretty well as far as I can tell. What's your guys' evaluation of Trevin and, and his contributions at this point? Yeah, he's grown so much. I mean, you're talking about a guy that, you know, everybody has their time. Some guys right away, they set foot on campus and they're able to get it. Other guys have to develop and it doesn't matter as as long as you're on track and you finally, boom, you hit your stride and you go and you become, excuse me, a contributor to the football team, it's certainly a big moment. And Trevin has reached that this year. Uh, he's worked relentlessly on his body, his physicality, uh, just in the weight room. He's been just off the charts. You know, he's 260 plus pounds, very strong, heavy handed understands the game really well. I mean, always just digging in a ways to try to improve. And he has made a, an impact since the beginning of the season. I mean, you've seen him from the times we were up in, in Columbus all the way to, you know, most recently he is, he's always around the football. He sets the edges really well. Um, really, really smart. Seldomly does he ever have a, a mental bust. So really proud of him. And for, that's a guy that's just now scratching the surface. Like, it's all upside for him going forward. So really excited for Trevin. That's pretty cool hearing about Trevin Maai. You know, a guy who's had to step up and has done a nice job, Coach Cristobal says. We're going to hear more from the Oregon football head coach. 4.30 kickoff set for the Ducks and the Dogs on ABC. 2.30 pregame show for us on the Oregon Sports Network up in Seattle on Saturday. More of the weekly press conference with Coach Cristobal next on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Dear Exit Strategy, no matter which Toyota you choose, there's an exit from the ordinary to match. See you soon, Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealer or toyota.com today. Toyota, let's go places. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, football is back. So consider this your official excuse for always putting football watching first, courtesy of Pepsi. That haircut appointment, seeing the in-laws for the first time in ages. It's been so long. Nope, sorry, Susan, not if it's on Sunday. Long story short, after the year we've all had, we think you could use a little football watching. So crack open a Pepsi and cheer your football watching face off. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. (sighs) That's what I like. Dear Exit Strategy, no matter which Toyota you choose, there's an exit from the ordinary to match. See you soon, Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealer or toyota.com today. Toyota. Let's go places. Duck Insider, Duck Insider, Duck Insider continues after this timeout on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. Oh, I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. 
If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? Hey, so what's a great way to spread awareness that driving high is illegal everywhere? A catchy song, of course. Drive high. If you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Back on Nuggets Side, Urban Bond Point Community Credit Union. We're in the Country Financial Studio. Let's hear more from Oregon football head coach Mario Cristobal as we continue to preview Oregon and Washington. And Coach met with the media just a little while ago, if you're live with us in the 1 o'clock hour, continuing with Coach Cristobal. Uh, obviously, the college football playoff rankings come out on Tuesday. Uh, I know you talk about the one and no process and blocking out all the mental things out, extra things out. Just how important is that moving forward, especially trying to finish out strong the rest of the season? Well, I think there's always going to be attention. There's going to be media. There's going to be hype projections out there nonstop. And I think what you do is you take a step back and you make sure that you acknowledge that the players will they'll come across that. They'll acknowledge that. And then you make it as simple as if you don't take care of your business on a day-by-day basis and then a week-by-week basis, what does it matter? There will be no significance for anybody that doesn't focus on what they're supposed to take care of. And college football every single week is a playoff week. It is. And I think that mentality and being focused on the main thing one step at a time has to be the course. That's the course that works for us. That's what we'll continue to do. If we ever feel that there's something in the way interfering with that, we'll snap ourselves back into it. Just your thoughts, Mario, on the matchups, uh, both sides of the ball, the line of scrimmage. They've got some probably second, you know, I guess some guys will play at the next level um, as well. You guys do too. Just that matchup and just the importance of staying on schedule. Sure. Well, no, it's uh, there'll be a lot of uh, physical play. Certainly the line of scrimmage is some every single year when these two teams get together. You know, there's lots of great players on both sides, on both teams. Lots of respect, very competitive, tremendously intense, like it should be, you know. Um, you know, the home crowds always do a great job, just bring a lot of energy and juice to this football game. It's what really it's what college football is all about. And all that stuff, again, is stuff that's on the side and the outside. It's going to be about making sure that the preparation the focus, the attention to detail, the level of intensity as it relates to preparation is uh, where all the focus has got to be on. And, uh, again, the great football team, lots of great players. Looking forward to the opportunity. <clears throat> Coach, can you talk a little bit about how, like, Byron Cardwell and Travis Dye maybe, you know, present different uh, difficulties for the defense and kind of how they create a one-two punch for your offense now? Well, we think, you know, a guy like Seven McGee and Trey Benson, they're going to fix into that rotation as well. Um, those guys are they're just they're really good football players. They're different, different running styles, but they both can be physical. They both have explosive power. They both can make you miss, and they can both take it to the house. So uh, they're good receivers out of the backfield as well, good in protection. So you're not limited. When they're in the game, you know, your entire playbook is open, and you can do what you need to do as it relates to what you feel can be successful or help you be successful. So um, it's really good football players that are, again, make us so. Uh, you know, give us a chance every week to be successful. Coach, I, just the last couple of weeks, it seems like you guys have done a good job of drawing off sides penalties on the opposing defense. I'm not going to ask you everything that goes into that, but what kind of are some of the, I don't know, things that help you draw some of those penalties and, and just the benefit that has on a drive? Because Anthony's had some success throwing in on those, and obviously the five yards is, is helpful regardless. Yeah, I don't think it's us. I think it's more, you know, the other side. And I think, I think it's been just the other side just – you know, maybe lost their focus for a little bit, but I don't think it's anything that we're doing. We're not doing anything really different. So credit to our to our offensive line hanging in there while the other side jumped. You know, got a couple of free plays, but I don't I don't think it's anything, you know, earth shattering. You're certainly quite familiar with a lot of their uh, skilled players on offense. Uh, Mario, the guys who are really carrying them, McGrew and Bynum and Otten. Uh, I know it's a different looking offense compared to the last time you played them, certainly, and you were preparing for them last year, but what makes them in particular a McGrew is so experienced that at running back or Otten and buying them again, guys who've been around for a long time. 
uh, just such useful weapons for them on offense. Yeah, experience eyes. I mean, they've, they've played a ton of football. They play against one of the top defenses in the country every single day in practice. There's a lot of value in that, you know, so physicality is also a big part of um, of when you develop a really good offense. And I think, you know, when you watch them play, I know they, they ran for well over 200 yards this past game, but when games have been on the line, their quarterback and their receivers have stepped up and have moved the ball with ease, making explosive plays on numerous opponents. So they got a lot of balance in their offense. They do a great job with formations. Um, you know, they line up and with loaded sets and compound the ball and get downhill and get you with play action, but their tight ends can stretch the field. They can block you and own the C gap, get on the perimeter, toss the ball out there and some of their bunch stuff. I mean, they do a lot. There's a lot to prepare for and they execute at a really high level. So great challenge for an opportunity for our defense. Defensively, Mario, I realize he's barely shown up in the box score, but ZTF is obviously one of the better edge rushers. I know he's gotten back the last couple of games with Bowman out uh, in particular, they've, they've obviously had some injuries in the front seven, yet their defensive statistics and passing have still been superb the whole time, and they have some good corners. What do you see from ZTF in particular and also in their ability to, to stop the passing game so well? Yeah, he's back to form. I mean, he's one of the best players in the country. Explosive power, great get-off, heavy-handed, um, very elusive as well, great hands. I mean, technically and fundamentally just does a lot of stuff that presents issues for offensive linemen, not just in the passing game. You know, people sometimes focus on that all the time. Yeah, he's he's setting edges in the run game. I mean, he's collapsing pockets, beating guys with speed, going speed of power, a lot of power, big, long, uh, strong. Uh, just he's a game wrecker, you know, as well as your interior defensive linemen. I mean, they're, they're guys up front, you know, 330-pound-plus guys that live in the backfield, you know, destroy the A-gaps and cause things to bounce, you know, to support players that come up and hit you and make some tackles for negative plays. So all in all, just an excellent defense. Yeah, Coach, Camden Lewis has done well on the PATs and the field goals. Seems to be uh, a little inconsistent on the kickoffs. He and Henry still competing every week, or is that something uh, that he's still beating, beating Henry on, on the kickoff? Yes, sir. You know, he is. He certainly hasn't been um, up to the standard the past couple of weeks. He still currently leads that. But uh, I, he, we feel like the issue uh, is something that's very correctable. He's been working on it hard, and we expect better results. We need to have better results there. Brian Addison got in quite a bit and had his most production, uh, Mario, but also seemed to be targeted quite a bit uh, once he was in there and, and Nolan as well. Uh, when you talk about getting some of these safeties back, what do you see from Brian in a, in a productive spot? And also, we haven't really ever gotten into it with you, but just to speak to his, what's been a very challenging last year, but really a very long time for that young man in, in general off the field, uh, but like on the field, uh, what what he did and, and the needs that you have at safety to make some corrections there. Yeah, he's grown a lot, and he's grown a lot. He had some really good moments in the game, some other ones that, you know, he I'm sure he, he wants back, we'd like to have back, um, and we're coaching him. We're coaching him hard. He's a really talented guy, and when he's on point, he has been really, really good. We think now have an entire week with him to hone in because we had him swinging from a couple different positions to lock in on one position and then serve as a sub in another one. I think you're going to see a better version of him. But uh, got a lot of faith in him because in practice, he's one of those guys that really pops. He's got some really unique range, length, uh, athletic ability, um, great hands, great balance and body control. And he makes contested catches. He used to do so as a wide receiver. So uh, his eye discipline is improving. We got lost a couple times with it this past Saturday. I think we've got it correct. And I think you'll see a really good version of B.A. this week. But I was just going to ask you to address Johnny Johnson's absence for the first half at Washington, uh, the, just the challenges that may present one um, of your most veteran players, obviously, in a tough environment. No doubt. You know, he's a guy that, you know, I wish these rules were a little bit different um, and don't have to agree with them, but have to abide by them. Um, John will be ready to go. Second half, first half. We got guys that have been repping, have been prepping. Johnny's going to help and assist in that role to make sure those guys are ready and he should be popping at the seam. So when the second half kickoff is on, that he's ready to roll. Won't have to come out of the game. He'll be well rested. That's Mario Cristobal, the Oregon football head coach. Yeah, guys like Dante Thornton, Micah Pittman, Chris Hudson going to have to step up with Johnny Johnson out for that first half because of the targeting rule. When we come back, we're going to talk with Oregon soccer head coach Graham Abel the weekend that was and the week ahead. It's rivalry week, not just for football, but for soccer as well. Just 
different rival. The Beavs coming up next on Friday. We're going to talk with Graham Abel next on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. From the weight room to the classroom, on the field and off it, On Point proudly supports University of Oregon athletics because student-athletes do so much more than bring us pride on game day. They bring our entire community together in Eugene and all across Oregon. So whether you're watching the game in the stadium, at home, or at your favorite local business, their success makes all of us stronger. On Point Community Credit Union. Join in. OnPointCU.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. Is that the sound of an ooey, gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Duck Insider, your home for the latest news on Oregon athletics on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov slash plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Back on Nugget Cider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. I'm Joey Mack. He's Graham Abel with us in the Country Financial Studio. Coach, uh, it's good to see you. Good to see you. All right, let's begin. Uh, Washington State, true heartbreaker. That's how I'll describe it. Uh, and then Washington on senior day, that was a tough one. So this is the first time that you and I have had a conversation, actually, where I feel like it was a rough weekend for you guys. How did yeah. the team handle that? Um, we spoke about it this morning, and, you know, we, again, you know, it's it's – We've had this many, you know, this conversation many times, set pieces. Mm-hmm. So um, we have to clean it up on the defending side, and and then we, you know we need to continue to take advantage on the attacking side. But and that's what hurt us this weekend. So um, yeah, you, you keep moving forward, and that's that's the, you know, I mean you know me, you've been around me long enough now to know whether we win the game or lose the game. There's always takeaways, and you've got to yeah. keep moving forward. We'll talk about some of those takeaways. Uh, coming up, uh, the Ducks will play Oregon State. Uh, 7 o'clock, it's the regular season finale. 7 o'clock on Friday on Pac-12 Oregon. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, you talked about set pieces. So, so what's your process with your team now, Coach, uh, when you go through film? like Walk us through what, what are you talking about with your team when, when you give up a goal on a set piece like that? How do you improve from it? You look at the breakdowns. You have a system in terms of the first phase, second phase, third phase, whatever it is. You have a system in play that you'll you will look at very similar to any other sports. You know, football on the line. I don't know anything about football, but <laughs> on the line and stuff like that. You know, and, um, you know some about football. No, not really, not really. I know the. Was it the quarterbacks going to throw the ball in the end zone? There you go. So that's how you win the game. That's how you win the game ultimately, <laughs> right? Um, no, so you go through your system, how it was broken down. Get people, you know, performing their roles and responsibilities, and and that's basically it from there. If you get your roles and responsibilities right, and you execute within those roles and responsibilities, you know, 99 times out of 100, you defend the set play. Are you are you to the point now with, with this team and, and and you know just being being around your squad now for yeah. a couple years, even yeah. though it was a different first year than we mm-hmm. all anticipated. Like, when you're in those film sessions with your team, a lot of times are they kind of nodding and, like, they know what you're going to say before they even say it? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. There was a couple of times we've had video. It happened last year. It happened this year where I'm like, okay, you guys go through it. And they go bang, 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 and nail all the coaching points. Um, so is that, that's got to be the most rewarding thing ever for a coach. You're yeah. like, okay, we're good. They they, they know. They yeah. know. And um, 
any level of team I've worked with typically wants everyone understands and they, they know where the breakdown happens. All right, so I, I have to ask you about this because I was befuddled, and I don't know if there's an explanation, but you had a goal in the Washington State game that, that, that got called off or really yeah. didn't even get called in the first place. Can you? Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of fans were curious about that. I was curious about it. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? No idea. Okay. No, I, I, th- I think – they assumed Eden had contact with the goalkeeper. Okay. Which, it, from my perspective, watching the video back, the centre back pushed Eden. Okay, yeah. And I think the goalkeeper had already dived. But, you know, our kids have, have dealt with that type of adversity three or four times this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and fair play to them because they've they've been able to keep going in games and obviously we lost that game late um but it wasn't a deciding factor in terms of right. the mentality of, of our kids so um yeah they've, they've dealt with those moments of adversity we've had the Baylor game this incident one against USC but you know fair play to our kids so you know I feel like it's so easy for 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 me for fans for everybody to always sit and, and this is true in every sport right like it never comes down to, to one play, yeah. but sometimes it feels like it comes down mm-hmm. to one play. That's kind of what you're getting at, right? Yeah, I mean, it influences the game, right? If you go in collegiate soccer, you go 1-0 up. It's very hard to then close. It's the energy to get back into the game, and then once you're back into the game, you then have the energy to go win the game. Yeah. So um, the energy that it takes to, to get back into it is tough, and if you go 1-0 up, then you can start to manage the game a different way. And so, um, you know, in both those games... Um, well, especially the Washington, Washington State game. If we'd have gone one nil up, changed the changed the balance of the game a little bit. Is it like a that's that's got to be a stat that that is out there, right? Like, is it a high percentage? If you go up one nil, you're going to win the game. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it is a stat or not. It's something that's talked about within the coaching community. Um, I mean, maybe someone will disprove us with an actual stat. Um, I'm not sure, but, oh, but again, research I, project. Here we go. Research project. Here we go. Out there. Yeah, I know we've got some real good stat guys on campus that have done some stuff for us. So that's one for those guys. But um, but again, we walk away from the weekend. I mean, created. I think double the amount of chances that Washington did yesterday in the game, and and again we 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 haven't converted. So we spoke about that this morning as well. Because as a coach, you worry when you're not creating the chances. When you're creating the chances, you know you're happy about it. But now we have to execute. You know, it's interesting. I, I've had this conversation with Matt Ulmer, Oregon volleyball head yeah. coach, before that volleyball is such a unique sport where you could actually outscore your opponent and lose, right? Because yeah. you because you could win a set twenty five ten. And then you could end up losing the next three sets by two points. You actually outscored them, and, and, and you lose the match. Is, is the comparison kind of true in soccer where you could create ten chances, yeah. but if the other team just converts their one-for-one one chance, that's the difference? Well, if you go back to the very first game of the season, the Fresno State game, I think we created eight chances, score five goals. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, if you know, you're, you're a 60, 60, yeah. 63% conversion rate or something there, and... Um, that's the conversion rate you've got to look at in terms of are you probably probably looking if you're 30, 33 percent and above than that, then you, you're doing well. And uh, you know, past few games we haven't been at that, so we need to start you know moving towards that direction. I do want to talk to you a little bit about your seniors, uh, yeah. especially because it's rivalry weekend coming up again here. Graham Abel, Oregon soccer head coach, joining us. Uh, Karan, Deasco, Taylor, Warmdall, Palmer, Hardy, all during a pregame ceremony. Yeah, that was pretty cool to see. And then I, I do want to ask you in particular about Hannah Taylor. Not on yeah. that 2021 roster, this 2021 roster after medically retiring, but it was really cool that you guys had her there and honored her as well. I thought that was awesome. No, you know, she she was so big for us last season in terms of just the type of person that she is on. She's a great player as well. She was a really good player for us. I'm good that we we didn't have a I think I joked I was joking around with her the other day. I said I think I got to coach you for 28 minutes. <laughs> and so uh, we lost her for the rest of the season last year and then obviously she didn't return this year because she had to medically retire. So it was great to have her back, have her family back and honor her because I know she's loved in this department as well just as the type of kid that she is. Um, so it was really nice to honor her as well. Yeah, I thought that was a, a great moment. And those of you who are wondering, uh, Chai Cortez, Cass Elmore, Zoe Hasenauer, the other seniors for the Ducks uh, have all announced their intention to take advantage of that extra year of eligibility, yeah. right? Uh, so that's cool looking ahead a little bit. Yeah, listen, we're, we're ecstatic to have all three of them back and continue their developments as well, so it'll be great. Senior day is always, I feel like, kind of bittersweet, right? You know, it's it, it really is a, a bittersweet thing, but 
for this year, it's it's odd, right? Because you guys still have a big regular season yeah. game coming up we're going to talk about, and then hopefully a few more after that. Yeah. 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 I mean, our senior class, everything that they've done for the program, um, that they've done for me in terms of when we got here as a coaching staff, they bought in right away. There wasn't any fighting the process or anything like that. They bought in right away, and, and they, you know, they've really gotten after it and, and been such a help in terms of moving this thing in the right direction. And um, I, you know, that's why, you know, this next game is so important. Let's get it done. Let's, um, let's take care of, of what we can control and, you know, and, and we'll see what happens next, next Monday. Well, so there's the big question, right? So seven o'clock against Oregon state. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge opportunity for your team. This it is. Of you. It is. It's the only thing that we can control. And, um, you know, we we have a game. We know if, if we perform to our very best, then we feel as though we've got a good chance at winning the game. Um, and so it's getting ourselves into the right place physically and mentally, um, to so we can perform in that game. So here's the nitty gritty: uh, you're nine four and five. You're four four and two in conference. Yep. So where are we? Where 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 where, where where's everybody sitting right now? I mean, what, um, what's the what's the breakdown as you head into the regular season? So Washington ahead of us by I think one point. They play Washington State, so they've got obviously it's a, everyone's got their rivalry game. Colorado below us, Cal below us. Um, so we we take care of business. We're guaranteed in sixth. Um, I think we finished seventh or eighth last season, so that'll be a jump up again. Um, hopefully, we can finish top five. Um, I think that'll be a That'd be a solid season for us in terms of where we are at right now. Um, I feel as though we've got a good resume. You know, the Texas win, the UCLA on the road, the, those ties, even the Colorado top 50. Um, so that's a solid tie on the road. Ties are obviously okay in our sport. Um, so we feel as though we've got a solid resume and, and I've had a solid season. So I, I think I think we've got a good a good case for being in that last 64. And now it's a chance for an exclamation point on that resume, right? Yeah. To get a big win. Yeah. I mean, Oregon State have had a really good year. I mean, what their head coach has done coming in late and turning those guys around. I mean, I think they were just they were in, they were in the top 10 of the RPI for a long time until they kind of hit conference play. So really good program coach has done a heck of a job we've got good players um so it's going to be it's going to be a tough game be a really good game keys to victory at seven o'clock on friday it's about us it's about coming out and doing what we do we've got to move the ball with pace we've got to put pressure on their back line you know i know i talk about it a lot but we've got to spend time in their defending third our attacking third four set pieces out of them execute on set pieces on the attacking side the defending side and it's about doing what we do to the very best of our ability and then next monday is going to be instant reaction it will be on the show won't it it will be and you know it, it we've spoken before it's great that this this group of kids is, is this late into the season playing for something and that that's new learning for them as well as we move forward and I've, I've told the team they're taking things on the chin for the program right now the teams later down the line will benefit from you know i love that that awesome connection especially like it was just homecoming for for oregon football yeah. and i mean the those sorts of connections man that that's how you build a program right it is it isn't you know we're we're in a we're in a good spot He's Graham Abel, Oregon soccer head coach. 7 o'clock on Pac-12 Oregon. The Ducks on the road against the Beavs on Friday. Hey, thanks for the time. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Best of luck. Uh, go get them, and I look forward to catching up with you next week. Perfect. All right, we're going to get a timeout when we come back. Uh, news and notes from around Oregon athletics, including baseball alumni weekend. Oregon softball's added a game to their fall schedule. Going to hit some diamond sports next on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. As my family continued to grow, I realized I'd have to replace my beloved Jeep with something that has, well, more seats. I'm Jason Hines, country financial rep and father of seven. Whether you're upgrading from your sporty ride with no room for a car seat or finally replacing your well-loved beater that still has a cassette player, you'll want the right protection for your new car. Work with a country financial rep like me and get the protection you need at a price you can afford. Learn more at takesimplesteps.com or contact a local country representative. From the weight room to the classroom, on the field and off it, On Point proudly supports University of Oregon Athletics because student-athletes do so much more than bring us pride on game day. They bring our entire community together in Eugene and all across Oregon. So whether you're watching the game in the stadium, at home, or at your favorite local business, their success makes all of us stronger. On Point Community Credit Union. Join in. OnPointCU.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. This is Duck Insider. Duck Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Hey, son, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. 
When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. I'm Joey Mack in the Country Financial Studio. My thanks, as always, to Graham Abel for taking some time to join us. So the Ducks with a big one. Look, I, I asked him because he's the expert, but, but when I look at things right now, even after a rough weekend for Oregon soccer with a couple losses, their resume is such that if they beat Oregon State, I think they're in the tournament for the first time in program history. And we're probably talking about one of the better teams that Oregon soccer's ever had. And it's in his second year. In the first year, they didn't even play in the fall. He had to wait to play in the spring. I mean, what a story this has been for Oregon soccer. But they took it on the chin a little bit there. And I will say I was, I was befuddled as to why the goal wasn't called a goal uh, for Oregon soccer especially after looking at the replay against Washington State. And then the Ducks lost on a set piece in the 88th, 89th minute. And it was that was a little bit of a gut check, a heartbreaker, I think. And then they just didn't perform well on senior day against Washington. Now a chance to bounce back throughout the week. And I think that game is our Toyota women's sports schedule spotlight. Oregon, Oregon State, 7 o'clock. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, in fact, it's one of those where it's in Corvallis, and I, I would have loved to go up there and, and watch that Oregon soccer team take on the Beavs. It's on Pac-12 Oregon for those of you who can't make the trek up to Corvallis. But, man, we're going to be on the road up in Seattle getting ready for Oregon football on Friday night. And this is going to be one of those where uh, I will be enjoying a dinner huddled around my iPad watching that matchup because this is a big-time matchup. Your Toyota Women's Sports Schedule Spotlight Toyota. Let's go places Friday, 7 o'clock. Now time for your Cafe Yum two-minute drill. Cafe Yum restaurants throughout Oregon and Washington. Menu's always available at CafeYum.com, and I just uh, took a pause there because now I'm hungry. I just thought about Cafe Yum. Volleyball split the weekend. Uh, they won Sunday in five sets over Colorado, and Ducks needed it. After Taylor Borup has been dealing with some injuries, you can tell it really changes the way that the Ducks operate. We're going to talk to Matt Ulmer about that tomorrow as they split the weekend, and they're sitting at number 18 in the polls here on November 1st. Uh, women's soccer ventured it, dropped a game to Washington on Sunday. Regular season finale now, Friday against the Bees. Baseball won its annual alumni game 9-2. to two. It was awesome to see a lot of those alums back in town. Jake Reed, Steven Nagosik were honored on the field for those of you who are in attendance at Autzen Stadium. Absolutely great to have those guys back, and cool to see Mark Wasikowski's current Ducks win the alumni game 9-2. to two. Softball also won a couple matchups with the College of the Siskiyous this weekend. Uh, had one 6-for-6 six six performance from a freshman in Paige Sinecki. Pretty cool to see. The Oregon softball program has also added a game to their exhibition schedule for the fall. It will host Southern Oregon Wednesday at 4.30 at Jane Sanders Stadium. It'll be a 10-inning game for the final tune-up, at least the final scheduled tune-up for the fall ball schedule. Game will be live-streamed on the Oregon live stream. You can find that via GoDucks.com and Student Radio Station, KWVA, will be on the call. The Voices of Oregon Softball. Looking forward to tuning in for that coming up on Wednesday. Ducks and Raiders were originally scheduled to play actually back on October 24th, but that game was postponed due to rain, and admission to Wednesday's game is free. Come on out to the Jane. It all gets started at 4.30 at Jane Sanders Stadium with gates opening 30 minutes prior to first pitch. That's 4 o'clock. Elsewhere for Oregon Football. Mentioned at the start of the, ch- the show, Kayvon Thibodeau has been selected as a semifinalist for the Chuck Bidnarik Award, which honors the most outstanding defensive player in college football. And Noah Sewell has been named a semifinalist for the 2021 Butkus Award. Best linebacker in college football. Ducks doing pretty good, huh? 4.30 kickoff for Oregon at Washington on ABC on Saturday. Next week, 7.30 kickoff for the Ducks against the Cougars on ESPN at Autzen Stadium. Cafe Yum, two-minute drill. Menus, cafeyum.com. Tomorrow, Deputy Athletic Director Eric Rodell joins us to kick off the show. See you then. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. Jelly. Jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. 
As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. And if there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day is our method of making sure her chin never drops. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. You've been listening to Doc Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Oregon Sports Network. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.